Welcome to the Red Caps Podcast, a podcast where we dip our caps into the blood of our listeners and we ramble on about old school games. In today's episode, I'm going to sit down with Russ from Yum DM, and we are going to talk about his amazing zine, the D12 Monthly. It's a zine that will bring back feelings of the old Dragon and Dungeon magazines. Um, you should definitely be checking it out. But we're going to talk about what it takes to stay consistent and constantly put out uh, issues of that zine. Over 20 plus issues are out now. Uh, we're going to talk about what the process of the creation is. Uh, we'll talk about how perfect is the enemy of good. And I do apologize because this episode is coming out a bit late, but I highly recommend you sit down and listen to the whole thing. I think it was well worth it. It was a very fun interview. Um, so since no mortal can outrun a recap, I hope you can sit back, listen, and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by Russ, known as Yum DM. You have almost certainly seen his monthly zine that comes out every month, the D12 Monthly. Welcome, Russ, from Australia. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. I got to do the same joke that I've done with the last, like, four or five people from Australia that's come on. Tell me about the future. What's it going to be like tomorrow? Um, uh, hot. It's, <laughs> I, I, I would hope so, but I doubt that's going to hold true for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> up here in Canada, yeah. uh, it's it's pretty cold outside. Uh, I've got a giant giant uh, ice cube in my backyard for for a skating rink that uh, me and my son have been yeah. using. So I don't yeah, think you, that was survived. You your winter weather. <laughs> it's it's not as bad as it was. There's definitely been climate changes because uh, you know when I was a kid, it would there would have been snow starting in like November uh, all the way through, and we didn't really get any snow until January where I'm at now. Um, and it's been like that for a few years, so it's 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 not as bad as it was when I was a kid. So I can I can do the old man back in my day. We had yeah. snow back. <laughs> maybe the, maybe the amount of snow just looked more because you were so small. That that is also possible, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with my version where uh, yeah, fair where, enough. Where, where it was a catastrophic snowstorms all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, as I was mentioning, you got you have a monthly zine that you put out every month uh, called D12 Monthly. Uh, you just put out issue twenty. Congratulations. Yes. yes. So it's actually the 21st issue because I started with issue zero stupidly. And no, as, um, as all good computer computer uh, professionals would, as all IT professionals do, you start at zero and you count forward. Yeah. It, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And because I, I just wanted to test the water and I thought, oh, you know, like how you have session zero, I'd be kind of mm -hmm. cool and call it issue zero. I don't think anyone got the connection. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And now I sort of, they go, oh, you've done 20 issues. Well, I actually done 21. So, but yeah. yeah you, <laughs> it was you only eight pages, do, so, you know. You got to pull what uh, what Gavin uh, Gavin did with uh, OSC and the Carcass Crawler and make that first one exclusive and hard to get so everybody's clamoring for it because they don't have the full set. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, I should, I should bring out special issues. I mean, I yeah, yeah he... Uh, that very first issue of, of of Carcass Crawler they put out, I don't know how many people I see asking for because he only offered it with I forget what the Kickstarter was now, but it was it was I, exclusive I, to that Kickstarter and that he I he never really said. Like, oh, okay, maybe I've got issue two because I've got one of them. Maybe it was issue two that I got. I don't know. But to do anything uh, twenty one times in a row uh, is is a testament. Has there been any months that you've missed? Yeah, I've, <laughs> I was about to say, I've missed two. Um, one, I think I was about three issues in and I got diagnosed with a fairly horrible disease. Um, and the shock of that <laughs> made me go, oh, 
maybe I'll just take a break. <laughs> so I, I, I missed an episode, and then I, after the initial shock of everything, I, I just went, no, 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 I need to do this, you know, get my mind off it and, and keep going. And I was determined to keep going with it. So I only missed one issue then. And then I missed an issue fairly recently. I think it was 18 or something And because I came, I had um, COVID. And I just got really fatigued. And because of my um, sort of past medical history, I was fatigued anyway. So it was like a double hit. And I just couldn't focus on it. And I, I didn't want to sort of rush it and bring out something that was substandard um and that i wasn't happy with just to bring something out and so uh my patrons are pretty good with that um i usually pause it for the month that i don't publish anything but they're all like oh you should just keep it going we don't care <laughs> i'm like no, no no you know you're paying me to do something if i'm not doing it i don't you know i feel bad taking the money so um yes yeah, so i've missed two um in about a year and a half i guess of doing it um yeah the um well i mean missing something for for you know serious health issues i don't think anybody's yeah. gonna hold that against you that it was it wasn't so much of you're like eh, i don't feel like doing this right now both pretty serious medical issues um, so but, yeah. outside of those though whenever you're sitting down when, when you're in relatively de decent health or when you're feeling well enough to to uh trudge on with it what's what is the biggest challenge outside of health related issues to getting a consistent schedule every time it i probably need to explain how it got started to explain that yeah actually that's probably like, I, so, I jumped way ahead yeah. how did how did no, it no, no, no. so the when i first started i thought okay i want to do a youtube channel i just want to be another talking head <laughs> and you know and then i sort of started trying to get into it and then i was like i just couldn't find the time to sit down and record like an hour video or in a half hour video or even 10 minutes. And then and then I kind of hate editing anyway. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll just do it live and then just put it up and then not worry about the editing. And then I just couldn't find the time. I, I just couldn't. And, and I kind of also probably had in the back of my mind, all this stuff had been talked about and done, all the stuff that I came up with that I wanted to talk about. I kind of see other people talking about it and I, I wasn't really gonna add that much. And so, um, I've always liked writing and so and then actually ironically I saw a YouTube clip on how to create a zine in like you know 10 minutes like how to put it together sort of the, you know and it was all just using Google Docs and I went and a light bulb went off and I went I can do this and I can do it in bits so I can you know if if I if I got 10 minutes here I've got an hour here I've, you know I can just write and then the ideas sort of come you know, if I'm wake up in the middle of the night, I can write down an idea that I've had and um, and then expand on that the next day. And so I can do it in, in fits um, and starts. So it just worked for my schedule um, way better than than creating, sitting down and creating a video and having a setup because I've got, I really don't have the room for a video setup um, either. And so it just worked better. And, and so I, I followed the video which I credit in issue zero, if you're, if anyone's interested. Um, and then just sort of played around with Google Docs to get a format that I liked. Um, and people are probably fairly familiar. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, it actually is, is very much the same as Carcass Crawler, which we just talked about in the format. And it wasn't meant that way from my perspective, whether the guy 
whether they just stole my idea or whether I, <laughs> they stole the guy's idea or the guy stole their idea for formatting and then I just copied that and it just ended up being the same. But it kind of worked out because I kind of figure a lot of the people who probably buy Carcass Crawler probably download my zine as well. So there's a lot of crossover. So it kind of fits well from a design point of view. And from my perspective, I'm not a I'm not a graphic designer at all. Um, and so I've taken that element out because the way I kind of see zine creation is content um uh, the structure and you know the the way it looks and feels um and then the art so you've got the writing you know the art and then and then the, the graphic design elements i kind of took the graphic design element out because one i'm not very good at it and two i it, it just would take up way too much time and there's no way i could do it monthly um and so i i kind of took that that design element out of the picture by just having a standard template that I use every single time. And that means that I can speed up production. So all I need to focus on, and, and I don't do any of the art, I just use a lot of uh, stock art, probably 90% stock art at the, at the moment until I get sort of to the point where I can financially afford to, to pay artists each time. Um, although I do, I do use some artists um, depending on their, well, on what they, they charge um and so that's that's kind of fairly easy and then all it is is just then just the writing and i can just sit down and write and i can write about role playing like i've had 30 plus years of playing so there's so much going around in my head especially in the fantasy genre which is just a, a passion of mine it, you know i call it my home you know i'll play other genres and other games but you know when it all comes down to it my passion is fantasy, which is why I guess the zine is is purely fantasy. Um, and so that's how I, that's probably the long answer of how I can generate something every month is because I've sort of taken, I've taken a, a kind of, a, I guess, a um, industrialized sort of way of creating it, but it's still creative in the way that I just make everything up. So yeah, so you've kind of removed what you saw would be the, 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 the tripping stones for you. You, you, you yeah. kick those stones out of the way by standardizing. Um, yeah. And then you can just focus on the stuff that's actually fun for you and you can, and you can go through that. Yeah. Um, I, also, I also think just, sorry, just on that point, I also think that what I see a lot of zines, which come out, you know, I kickstarted and especially this being zine month. Um, and they're all like artistic creations. And, and as much as I admire that, um, and I'm sure there's great content in there as well, I wanted to create a zine that was just functional and had really good content in it. And so I didn't want it to be a collector's art piece. I wanted it to be used. I wanted it to be abused. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I wanted it to be printed out and and you know used so much that the you know the pages are ripping and <laughs> and, and there's stains on it and because people are using it at the table and someone spilt their coke on it. You know, like I, I want that's that's how I want the zine. I don't want it to be a collector's art piece sitting on somebody's shelf. Um, I, I want it. I wanted to create a zine that that I would use and that I just did not see in the market at all. Like if I, if I, if someone had been doing what I was doing, um, you know, as regularly, um, I would be all over it and I wouldn't be doing mine, but right. I just, I didn't see what I was doing in the market and I just wanted 
to do that because one, I wanted to do it and I wanted to give back to the community and all that sort of stuff. But I just wanted it because I wanted it and I use my stuff all the time. So um, I, I think that's that's kind of the difference, I think, that I find my zine compared to most zines out there. But I could be wrong. I don't know. The Like we were saying, you, you've removed some of the the things that slow that would slow a person down um and you know doing i mean one of, one of my favorite if you won't even call it a zine because it's it's so big at this point it's basically a book that just comes out is the not is the knock zine if you want to call it knock a zine yeah yeah, um, heard, yeah and, and, and they can only release that once or twice a year uh yeah. due to the, you know, the production around it um but if you're if you're releasing every month and you're trying to stay on that schedule, how far ahead do you are you generally are you like eking in right at the end of the, at the at the end of one month, so yeah. the next month or is it do you have My, like a, a month or two ahead of time where you've got most yeah, of the stuff no, done? I, I re would really love to say that I'm a month or two ahead. Um, I'm I'm trying to get there now. Like I, I think I've made the mistake um, for for too long of just doing it the month to month. Um, I have ideas like I. Like you know, if I'm writing something for because each each zine has a has a particular theme, yeah. So if I'm writing something, you know, I'm, I'm currently I'm working on the mountains and the hills and mountain one, uh, which is sort of part of a um, a mini series of the train, the traditional train you find in um, in D and D, like you know, plains and forests. And so I've done the swamp and the marshes one. I've done the the forests. Uh, sorry, the uh, mount. Uh, sorry, the Desert and Badlands one, which was the last one that just came out. So there's sort of like a, a mini sort of series of the terrain. Um, so I might, you know, if I'm working on hills and mountains at the moment, I might have an idea for forests, which is the next one, uh, which I'll, I'll, I'll write it, write a sort of basic outline for. Um, so I kind of have ideas sort of bubbling away, but I would love to be two months ahead of schedule and I'm trying to get there now. Like I'm, I'm really trying hard to um, get to the point where um, I'm yeah, writing, you know, but sometimes my brain gets confused to like, if I'm working on one, I kind of like working month to month only because if I'm really dedicated to that and then I'll, you know, but if I, I might say something online where I've been a, kind of ahead of myself, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> and I'm, and no, I'm like I, talking it, about it, one that's not even out yet. <laughs> no, it completely makes sense. I, I mean, um, for for listeners that are here, like the right before we started this conversation, um, I had to pause you for a minute because I had realized I had made a mistake. Yeah. Um, on on the episode, right? Well, it may be the one before this one. I don't know, but the the episode with uh, the arcane bindery. Um, that's that's just what live today as we're talking. Uh, I had to go back and make a correction on that because I had recorded it and it had been sitting for a couple of days um, and I had forgotten that there had been a, an issue in the middle of that episode. So if if I if I get too far ahead, sometimes if, if, I've, if I've got a collection of work that I'm queuing up to publish later, I can sometimes forget stuff that I meant to to go. And like I, the only reason I remembered it was as I sat down to, to talk to you, I've got, uh, I've got a, a little notebook here in front of me for things to jot down of notes as, as I'm having the conversation with folks. And one of the notes I had on the page was don't forget about the power outage at this timestamp. And I went, oh, I completely forgot about the power outage at that timestamp, <laughs> but it's, um, <laughs> so, you know, past me did a great job of leaving that note. Just current me just didn't even look at it before I put it out there. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I think that's, you can run that risk. It's, it's funny as I was looking up, uh, things just to, to, you know, have this conversation with you, I saw that you had done, you had tried to do a podcast at one point and you had a couple episodes out and one of the guests that you had on was John from tale of the manticore and him and I had a conversation just a few, uh, a week or two ago. And we were talking about his process with his podcast, Tale of the Manticore, and how far ahead he gets. And he's usually like months ahead yeah, on, his, on his weekly schedule. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Uh, it, yeah. I've, I've tried it. I've it's it's worked at times for me, but nothing to the scale that he does. He's usually much further ahead than. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to him about that as well, and he he's kind of an inspiration for me in that way. And the fact that I'd love to be months ahead. um but i I seem to keep falling short on that but i I think for me i've just got to get in the process and while i've got a process for the design and everything i just need to get into that process of writing so i kind of figure if i can write the the rough draft by the 15th of the month um which i'm aiming for um and i'm sort of on track for this month then i can sort of just uh you know do artwork and um and i find i sort of tend to find and put in artwork as i go and i always start with the front cover i always like having the front cover done for some reason it just makes me feel like it's it's contained like (laughs) um and so that's the first thing i i tend to do with with is find the cover art for it which sort of sets the tone i think um, in my that was head. actually one of the things I had on here is is how you make the decision on what the theme is and when you set the cover. Like, is I, I was wondering if the cover came at the end or if that was at the beginning. So it sounds like it's right at the start. How do you find yeah. the cover artists for this? Is yeah. So the the cover art is the only color art that I use for the zine, um, and I do it for. I'm a marketer by trade, and so I, I. Why I love black and white art, I think the cover of a of a magazine or or you know anything, the first intro to it needs to pop. It, it needs to attract attention, and I find that a lot of artistic zines or you know indie zines or OSR zines sort of have those black and white covers. And while some of them are really cool, I, I find that sometimes they just get lost um, unless they're like they've, they've got a real kind of emotion to them. And so I, I tend to find that if I, a lot of people, like a lot of the feedback I get is, oh my God, that's a great cover or that's, you know, and I put it down to the artists, but having said that it's got their attention, so that it's worked, you know? Right. Um, and so they might go in and go, oh, okay, I'll have a look at this guy's stuff. So that's generally the reason I use a color image um, for it. And sometimes they are hard to source. Um, but um, I have so, to do a shout out to to Dean Spencer Art because <laughs> he makes his art available for for all his art available for stock art, um, and it's truly I've used so many of his pieces in my in my zine. If it wasn't for him, it wouldn't be half as good. At least the covers wouldn't be half as good. <laughs> so um, yeah, but, so but all the interior art is black and white. So I just tend to sort of pick and. You know, as I as I'm writing, I'll go, oh, that might be good, and I'll do a search on stock art and just see if it's available. And I've started to build up a bit of a library and collection of stock art that I can reuse depending on the license, um, and also just free, like copyright free art, um, 
you know, older art, which goes along with the kind of OSR feel sometimes. Like I think in the in the last issue, number 20 for Deserts and Badlands, I used a couple of pieces actually that were, you know, drawn in like 16 something, you know. So they're obviously copyright free um, that, I, that I found online. So there's a bit of a mixture there. But so with the with the cover art, um, yep. if 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 a lot of it is coming from from stock art or public domain art or stuff that's yep. been made available, is there is there cases where you're seeing the art and that's inspiring the theme for the episode, or is it always that you've got the theme and you're going and then you go and try to find the art to match it? Like, is there, yeah, so the, does it go the both ways? In the earlier episodes, the theme sort of just came to me the month before. So I'd be like, I'll read something and I'll just go like, oh, elves, I'll do one on elves or, you know, which turned into the Faye one, you know, because it was sort of a broader, a broader um, theme because it's, it's, it's sort of tricky to find a theme that's not too broad but not too narrow that I could actually, you know, write articles for. Like I could probably do one on elves, but it'd be a lot harder, whereas if I just did an article on elves in a Faye issue, it sort of worked out better. Um, recently I've sort of been trying to do these kind of mini series and I, I've sort of thought about the issues into the future as well for the next year, year and a half of what I wanted to do. Um, and at the moment I'm sort of doing that, the, as I said before, the, the mini series of terrain, and then I think I'm going to go more urban. So I, I sort of did the, you know, the wilderness and then I'll go urban and talk about, you know, towns and cities, about taverns and inns, about, um, uh you know guilds and and all that sort of stuff um so and i might do a sort of mini so i've been trying to sort of package them i guess a little bit more rather than just having them random um and sort of having some themes sort of involved um although if you look back at the random ones you could probably pick out different issues that could fit a theme for example like uh, I, I did one on combat and one on weapons you know so you, you could you could probably put two or three into that category and have a have a decent one and then there's i did one on solo uh rpg so just running the game yourself um and you could combine that with any any of the, some of the others just to create a a kind of like a solo um you know if you're interested in that topic um so yeah the you mentioned <laughs> that you that you started off with with having like a, a google docs um template and that's that's how you basically is it is it still in that same software, or have you moved that that template to anything else? Are you still doing everything through through like Google and no, everything? Everything is through Google Docs. Um, no, it's it's, it's good because people people need to hear that people are able to put out stuff like what you do using tools like that. Because I think a lot of people get into the I must have the best tool in the world to put something out, um, yeah, and having having something that's simple and free, and yeah. being able to see that it's doing something is is good. Well, it goes back to my to you know utilizing the skill sets that I have and not utilize and trying to push out the ones that I don't. So going back to the, the discussion we we're having before about graphic design, I'm not a graphic artist. I don't I don't really feel like I want to learn a whole program and then try and do something that I'm not an expert on just so I can do a layout for a zine, you know, that might only last one zine. Um, I could, like, I've kind of thought about going into, because I've got a couple of programs where I could do that. Um, but then I just, I kind of 
start doing it and then i go oh, i could just be working on the zine like <laughs> like why am i wasting you know two three hours just to get this set up where i could just spend i could have written two two articles by now and that's what i always come back down to and I, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the people on the on the interwebs that i see um getting started are all like oh what program do you use you know how do i do this you know how do i lay this out like how do you how do you and i'm like just don't just <laughs> if you don't know take a course and do it later but if you want to get started you can just use google docs you know like why put yourself through that and i think they kind of see these kind of artistic arty kind of zines and go oh i want to do one like that and it's like you don't have to like you just need like a decent cover and then just decent content you know right. you know it's all it's it i almost feel like they're kind of worrying about this because they don't know how to do another thing like so they they might not have the ideas for the content or they might not have the skill in writing for the content or they might you know and so they're kind of worrying about something else not to deal with that if that makes sense i don't know um because I, I feel like if you want to put something out in this day and age it's so easy just to put it out just you know, blogs are so easy to set up like you know google makes it so easy with with blogspot or whatever it's called blogger or whatever it's called now i mean and wordpress is the same like you can just do it it's it's not that hard um but i feel like people just play around the edges maybe because they just don't want to jump in yeah i think there's a there's a nature of being of, of worrying about how you would stack up with what you see around you right so i think you may have somebody who they might be confident in their content or confident enough that you know they're not worried about the content but they're like uh, is anybody ever actually going to look at me if i can't compete against so and so which yeah. you know they really should just feel free to go and 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 move forward like what you're saying but i can see what where somebody might be like well if i don't have it just like this and what's the point um and it's kind of almost a self-fulfilling prophecy there to to that leads to defeat if you go that route rather than just you know plowing forward but yeah i, I think like i mean everyone like i i get days where um everyone like everyone gets to the point where like they look at something else hang on hang on i'm just going to shut the window sorry about that <laughs> i want to edit that out it's just pouring no no it stays <laughs> um <laughs> uh life um everyone gets to the point where like they look at someone else's work and they go and i do it as well and they go oh man that's so good you know like th there's always going to be someone better than you but on the flip side there's always going to be a lot of people worse than you or, or people even worse people who don't do it you know so if you do it I remember reading a, or going to a webinar or seminar or something in marketing days and, you know, basically doing something is like 80% of it mm -hmm. because 80% of people never do it, right? So even if it's kind of crappy or not, not crappy, but not as good as the other 20%, um, it's still better than 80%, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's what I think people are going to keep in mind. I mean uh there, there's a there's a phrase that the the best ability is availability um so if you yeah. are consistent and you're and you're, yeah. you're you're staying and going forward um you can slowly improve as you go yep 
but at least there's at least you're always getting your your ideas out and the the act of doing that is what's helping you improve as well um yeah and there's so many benefits to it like uh, i think like doing it bringing something out monthly if like if i did it if i kind of did it down the normal route where people you know kickstart their their zine every three or four months um i don't think i would do it <laughs> it, it's it's that sitting down and that that deadline of yep okay i have to get something out this month um and i think with that monthly schedule it i, I would find it hard to kickstart because i would have to be three or four months ahead right um and i i could get there and a lot of people say oh I'll kickstart your stuff i'd support it and i could probably make a lot more money on it but the way that i've kind of set it up I just don't know if that would work. I don't. I don't know. Um, Kickstarter is something I haven't tried. It is something that I'm looking at doing. I was thinking about doing some anthology stuff, like say maybe bundling the first. That, know, I was actually going to ask you that. The yeah, um, that's on my list. It was so the uh, the episode that I, that I was talking with that I goofed up here and had to fix at the beginning. Um, I was speaking with with er with Eric from Arcane Bindery, and he makes custom books um, and. Mm. He was talking we were talking about binding zines and what have you a little bit in that episode um and i i see that you 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 do have physical copies available for people to, to sell so you you have done physical prints but those those i assume are the standard zine stapled prints and yeah, i was wondering if, yeah. you, if you'd ever do um I, I mentioned one one that i really like being being carcass crawler and and knock but another one that i like is is back to basics um and he released a kind of an omnibus um of yep. the first x number of of uh, of issues like it was the first 10 um issues of of his zine on there would that i i think that would be something you could definitely do as a kickstarter and yeah it would it, have yeah something i've been asked for and it's something that i want to do um again I, I think it's about getting ahead of myself in the scene and then have time to to sort of do that stuff um i think life intervenes for me a lot at the moment to try and get that stuff there's heaps of projects i've got as well um like there's a a series of monster books i want to do um, and then with the ogl scandal <laughs> it sort of prompted me to push forward with my own role-playing game um that i've sort of developed for myself and the fact that um i do a lot of solo stuff and I've never been happy with one system, and I just wanted to make a system that I'm happy with. <laughs> and then I kind of figure if I'm going to do it, I'll I'll do it properly and I'll publish it. And if people like it, then they like it. If they don't, I, I love how that all the little notes I've taken, we've managed to you you've been hitting them without me even having to prompt you on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to the solo thing in a minute because I, I have that on my on my list yeah. of, of things to ask yeah. you about. But we were talking about Kickstarter, um, and you mentioned Patreon a couple times, so. Yeah. What has been the funding for for the for the zine? Has it been mostly been the the Patreons, or have you had any ads or sponsors in the in it? Or yeah, anything? so okay, so to to break that down, so when I first started, it was purely self funded. Um, the first couple of issues were only like I think the first one was eight, the second one was twelve, the next one was like twenty uh, pages, uh, and then it sort of it hovers around twenty to thirty pages now. Um, and then, so that was all self-funded. And then I went on, I did a Patreon first. And then I, because I was getting a lot of people going, oh man, this is, this is cool. <laughs> like, this is really good. And you do, you're doing all this for, for nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, and I, and I kind of wanted to 
to do the model that uh, Dyson did with his maps where people just pay, like, you know, if they want to pay, they don't have to pay for the maps. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this anyway because it's, I love doing it um, and I and I want to give back to the community. So I'm going to do it anyway. So I don't want to, and again, from a marketing standpoint, if I put a price on it, I'm going to lose about 90% of my audience. And I, and I kind of didn't want to do that. But at the same time, I wanted to, uh, I wanted people to print this out. Like I, want, I didn't want it to be a PDF. I wanted people to have a zine, like, because my inspiration for doing this was really um, Dragon Magazine. Right. And, and I've had a lot of feedback saying, man, this is like the love child of, of Dragon Magazine or this is the successor of Dragon Magazine. And that just, you know, fills me with joy because uh, that is exactly what I was aiming for. You know, that's exactly what I wanted to, to this zine to be. Um, and so I, I think... So getting back and so so I started a Patreon and then I've I had a couple of friends you know join as, as you do as all Patreon 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 starts I think and then all of a sudden I realised I had more non friends than friends and then I'm like okay and it was like two bucks so you know the entry entry was pretty low and then not as soon after that I got a lot of people saying I want a print copy and so I added two tiers one for Australian people and one for non-australian people um and i had to charge non-australian people a bit more because of shipping um right. like it cost me i think two dollars fifty to ship in australia a zine it cost me ten dollars fifty to ship overseas so there's a huge dis discrepancy there um and so then i've got to print it as well and all that sort of stuff so i'm not really making a lot of money especially on those print ones it's mainly the people who sort of just give me two bucks um where the sort of the profit comes in and then i use that but i use that money and i funnel that back into um art for the next one right so it, it's it came self-funded probably about at a guess i would say maybe issue six seven eight around that it became really self-funded um again using stock art and and not uh you know just using it wisely um and then and then then it's sort of uh, i kind of do make money on it but, but it's not it's not enough to you know it's like we're talking you know maybe i'll, I'll make a hundred bucks sometimes on an issue uh, but again that's you know i keep that money for for future so all that money basically any money that i make goes to indie artists or you know goes to to doing something else within that sphere so the other thing I, I did quite late was that it is available free on my website to download the PDF, but I made it available on DriveThruRPG. And I, I, I put in the description, you know, this is freely available, but if, it, you know, for two reasons. One, if you want to support me without joining Patreon, which I know a lot of people either don't like Patreon or they don't like subscription type things. Right. Um, and if you want to keep all your PDFs in one place, um, because drive, I know a lot of people use drive through as a kind of, and I do kind of do as a, you know, uh, as a kind of, it's almost like a cloud storage of, for you, yeah. you know, of, of gaming stuff. Um, and so it was a way for people to, you know, give me two, $2.50 or something, whatever it is. I think it might be a bit more than that, but, um, you know, as a one-off, you know, I really like this. You know, and I've had people buy like, you know, every issue. 
um, from drive through, um, which I'm really thankful for. So um, I, I ran a couple of ads in some of the earlier issues um, and I kind of wanted to do ads because Dragon Magazine had ads and I wanted right. that, that same feel. Um, and I tried early on, I tried to do like a forum. That didn't work. I, that, no, that's, that's actually a great point. So I, I, I go on binges every once in a while where I'll go back and go through old Dragon Magazine, yeah. White Dwarf Magazines. And one of the things I love going through them um, is the ads because it's just kind of cool seeing... Yeah seeing what yep. was being advertised in that time yep. period. Yep. But my other favorite section besides, you know, whatever happens to be the big cool article in there is the letters to the editor. And I was going to yeah. wonder if you were, if you had experimented with that much or I, I tried, I tried a little bit. Um, but I think with the internet, like people just talk about, yeah, they want, they want instant gratification on those. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. want to wait. They're not going to wait a month <laughs> for a reply anymore, you know, like, and, I think some people probably would. I tried early on when I didn't have much of an audience. So if I tried again, maybe it would work. But I kind of like, I really liked the idea. And if people wanted to to give me little, you know, articles like that, I would totally publish them. Um, and and oh, I have to say too, like I've had uh, guest writers too. Um, I haven't had any for the last few months, which is why it sort of slipped my mind. But early, especially early on, people were like, oh, I'll write an article, I'll write an article. And so generally every one to two issues, I'll get like a guest guest spot. And um, I, don't, I don't pay writers because I'm, I'm not earning enough to pay, pay writers <laughs> what they deserve. But if someone wants to do it for recognition or just like I had, I had one guy who wanted just to show his dying mum that he published something. Um, so that was kind of cool and rewarding to be able to publish that and for him to show his mum, you know, hey, mum, I'm published. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I've had I've had a lot of guests, and and I'm really thankful for people who put their hand up, you know, because it, it lessens my weight as well when I'm designing an issue that I don't have to write everything. And I, and I think it adds to the zine in the fact that you get many voices. Right. Um, it's just not my my stuff or my thoughts on things. Um, so, like, I remember, I think the death episode. I had a guest spot on that on different um ways that uh different cultures look at death and how you could put that into your game and how you know so that was that was really cool you know so there's yeah some really good stuff in there from other writers as well and um yeah especially early on it was really helpful because it it meant that people actually believed in this stuff um yeah so, so one of the nice things about zines um and I mean, we were just talking about Dragon Magazine, and and I, I mentioned White Dwarf. So you, we've got zines that are coming back, magazines that, that go back ages and ages and ages. I'm reading zines from before I was born, yeah. um, and and just geeking out on it and, and enjoying you know reading some of this content and seeing. I've I've made the comment before that it's hilarious of how many of those same arguments that you see in the in the letters to the editor back yeah. then, the same arguments that you're seeing on Twitter now, um, but the. Uh, it's cool reading those because they're still there. They're still available to people to go in and, and read. Whereas I sometimes worry that a lot of the, even my stuff, this, this, this audio that we're talking on or uh, what have you, that digitally it may basically get lost in the mix or, or disappear or what have you. So having, having actual articles rather than say, you know, the Google plus era that how much yeah, content was lost there. there. So much knowledge was lost there, you know, um, 
what do you what's your opinion on kind of like the archival side of like gaming knowledge when it comes to blogs and zines and things like that um that's why i think i like the idea of knock even though i don't have any i need to get them was it's because it, it, it's a it's a compendium of my understanding is a compendium of articles written on like blog posts exactly yeah yeah which is great because it takes those blog posts into a print form um and i i really and and that's what i want my, my zine like if i had my if i if if i could do it this way i would just have it as a print you know but you know the way the world works yeah, at the, the moment economics of that almost makes that almost unfeasible i would imagine or yeah, we would have more, you know, have a dragon print, you know, printing yeah like the shipping alone is just crazy you know um especially if it got to the stage where it was a, a bigger production have you looked into um so I, I know here in Canada, there is actually just like probably 20, 30 minutes away from me. If that um, there's, there's Ratty and Kanadi and I know there's exalted funeral in, in the U S yeah. and other, other companies like that. Have you looked at like sending them the files, having them do the printing there and distributing for you from those locations to cut down on some of yeah, that? I have, and I, I think drive through, I could do it through drive through as well, where you could do print on demand. Um, and I, I probably should do that. <laughs> Um, but I haven't at the moment. Uh, just again, time constraints, I think. Um, and just with, especially with, uh, I started down the road with of, with drive through where you can buy the print version, uh, and I kind of, I kind of got stuck on one part of it, and then I just kind of went, oh man, this is this is too hard. I just want to go back and write articles. <laughs> and then uh, so I, I think I will probably go through drive through and just have a, have a have a print option but it, it it's so easy to print people for people to print it on their own computers like all you do is is flick it from i can't remember what they're called flick it from from one one style to another oh from and i even show it on my, on my blog post where you download the zine i even show you how to how to print it um the the only issue I've noticed is that I do a A5, which is not a not a thing that Americans have. They have letter, which mm -hmm. is slightly longer and less wide. So I've seen a few print issues where there's like these white bars at the top and bottom, and it annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just print an A5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a great uh, there's a great YouTube video um, by I, I believe it's by CGP Gray, where he. Uh, he makes it to educate folks in America specifically about the about the paper sizes of a, like A1 through A yeah. everything else. Uh, just showing how that's, you know, again, Americans not using the metric system, not familiar with yeah, how great yeah. it is to have and, things and that are easily dividable. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, the A the A way of doing things is is so easy because you just fold it in half and it becomes the next one. Like exactly, A1, yeah. fold it in half, A2, fold it in half, A3, fold it. You know, like it just makes sense. Um Whereas, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the letter versus legal. Ver yeah, I, I, I have, I here in Canada, we have like such a high. Like, officially, we are metric, and we we handle everything the same as like you guys would. But because we are are you know right up against America, there is so much cross pollination that yeah. everybody here thinks in both. Like, if I was to tell somebody my height, I'm going to tell them it in feet and inches because that's just what I'm well, used to. But if I was telling you distance, I would talk to you in kilometers. Um, so well, f funny you should say that because of D and D, and because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, yeah. I learned 
measurements through D&D, not through school, because um, I hated school, um, I every time someone asks me my height, I always say six foot two. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's something I didn't I didn't consider that. Yeah, if you if you got deep into the, into the indie hobby and you were from yeah. a country that didn't use those measurements, you'd have to kind of have some yeah. frame of reference because it wouldn't be well, you know a five feet is very intuitive for me. I, I can I can visualize yeah. that, but if you yeah. well, I remember I remember uh, in my head when I was young, I was trying to figure out. The distance as you do at any point when you pl start playing DD. And I remember we had a hallway and it was exactly 10 feet <laughs> and uh in that in my house. So I instantly knew how long 10 feet was. But if someone said to me three meters, which is roughly about the same, I would what? I don't know how long what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't visualize it, but I knew and I always think back to that hallway, that's 10 feet, half that, that's five. So yeah, so I'm all about the feet and inches. Uh, not not so much inches, although my dad was a carpenter and they use inches for some yep. reason. It's, um, it's it's because a lot of the carpentry tools and yeah. lumber comes from from America. Yeah, the lumber mostly, I think, like a three you know three by you know what was it? Yeah, two it? by fours and yeah, two yeah. by four and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So um, and I, so I learned that the inches from him, but the feet from D and D. But then if someone says my weight. I would have no idea how many pounds I weigh. It's always kilograms. So my my brain is a mix of, of what throws me off. So I work with um I, I work with people from all over the globe, but a lot of a lot of people I speak to on a, on a day to day basis are from the UK or from uh, from Ireland, and you'll be having a casual non work related conversation or something, and somebody will start talking about weight in stones, and my brain like oh, I, I, yeah, I can I, I can. Yeah understand kilograms and 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 pounds almost interchangeably i got no issue with that again canada being metric and us being yeah. not but stones and stuff like that i'm just like i have no idea what you're talking yeah, about no, you might as no, well speak, no, no, speaking yeah. a different language yeah i think i think we used to have stones and stuff in in australia like in my parents generation um and i'm pretty old so i think i think we <laughs> did like back when we had like the british um pound as the as the currency before we changed the dollar right um yeah so um but yeah i i, I, I wouldn't have a clue <laughs> <laughs> so i i promise we come back to this so you have a section on your website about solo play and, and you, you said yeah. that was something that you're looking into how what is your preferred method of, of solo play do you tend to you mentioned oh. your own rule set so I'm, I'm guessing that's where you're going to go with it but what i was going to ask is 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 there a game that you prefer is there is there a a non your game, like something that's not your creation that you like to play solo, or is it because those weren't yeah, satisfactory? So I, you went for your own. My my game isn't quite ready yet, so I, while I sort of test it out, I, I, t I haven't really solo played that. But that's kind of what the next iteration of it will be. Just the test, the, the original testing will be solo. So I generally solo role play D and D, only because I love fantasy, as I said before. It's my default, and but see, in in the world I've created, I've kind of got this system in my head where um, there's ages, and each age within the world is a different uh, edition of D and D. So, oh, for example, cool. uh, OSE I use for like the the, the old days <laughs> uh, of your, and then AD and D comes in at at a certain point because. The way the D&D &D kind of works through the edition, the 
the level of power increase power and and that and especially with magic um and the different forms of magic like you have you know and by the the time you reach third edition which is one of my favorite editions which is kind of where i stopped because i don't like fourth and fifth um third edition is kind of my modern world even though it's still sort of medieval fantasy um you know you can specialize as a mage and in, in my head i kind of worked it out like okay well OSE sort of basic there was none of that like you know and so you can you can kind of see the progression of of magic and the world and and different classes and 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 races even you know being added to the world as you as you go and that's kind of you know the same as kind of our world where you have with technology where you technology mm -hmm. has sort of you know come so far so that, that's kind of how i've set it up set my world up so i can I can play different editions of D&D and then add to the world building because when I'm playing OSE, that's happened in the past and then, then that, that sort of flows through to the, my third edition games. So you've got a, you've got a consistent world between, yeah. between all this, just in different, different time periods. Yeah, and, what's, and what's, the, what's the name of the world? Because I, I always love hearing what people call it because it's, uh, to me, yeah, that, that's a, what so, becomes their game, right? So yeah, your so, game isn't so the world. Whatever you're so the world is uh, Ithea. Um, Ithea. It's A-Y-T-H-I-A. Am I doing that right in my head? Um, but the A-E-A-A-Y is pronounced E. So uh, I, sorry. So it's Ithea. Um, uh, I don't know where I made that main name up. I think I made it up for another system that I was working on, like probably twenty years ago, and it's kind of stuck. And I kind of oh, I'll just use it for this. But I, I, I kind of used to role play. I used to GM a lot. Like most of my gaming is GM, has been GMing, especially with, with fantasy anyway. And I used to do it in Forgotten Realms because that's in sort of AD and D and Second Edition and even in third, that's kind of what you did. Right. And, uh, and then I just kind of went, you know what? I'm, I'm, I just want my own world. I just want to, like, I love the world building aspect of things because I changed forgotten realms anyway. So it wasn't, nothing was canon. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just want my own world. So a few years ago when I started all this stuff, um, I just created my own world and that, and, and that's kind of where I'm at the moment. Like every game I play with D and D is set in my world. So if I jam for other people, if I jam solo, everything is set. It's just different areas that exactly. I, I, I play around with. So uh, and, and also depending on the rule set, different times. So, um, but with with solo play, I, I again time is a bit of a constraint, but I, I really enjoy campaign style. So I, I don't like one offs. Um, I tend to create a, a party, so I've got like multiple people. Uh, and I and I take that party just as you would normally, like I, just as you normally would play. And it's funny with the solo stuff because I that's how I started playing D anD. d So back when I was fourteen, when I got the books, I think of my brother, um, I had no one to play with. I, I didn't know anyone else who who played. I was thirteen or fourteen. And so I just sat in my my dining room for days on end. You know, creating using the AD and D like uh, random dungeon designer, um, rolling up m these mega dungeons and just running this party of characters through, um, 
through these dungeons for days on end that and that's how i started with dnd so i just actually just kind of thought it was normal and I, I sort of kick myself now that i didn't keep doing that because i obviously found friends who we played and and then i just completely forgot solo until i started getting again a few years ago started getting into um the online space with everyone playing and then I realized other people were doing it. I'm like, hey, that's what I used to do when I was 14. <laughs> that's cool. I might start doing that again. So, do you use any of the common tools with it? Like I've been recently, um, the the most famous one, I guess, would be probably Mythic. Uh, and they yeah. just released a, a second edition version of Mythic here within the no, last year or two. To be honest, I'm probably one of the few solo role players who don't use it and don't really like it. I, find it, I just find it too complicated. Like, mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I don't personally this is just me personally like nothing against people who use it because I, I i totally get how it helps them but for me I, i'm so imagining so creative that all i need is a prompt like so with, with the oracle i just use a yes no so it's you know yes uh, i think it's no and no no but yes and yes yes but right. Six, that's it. right that's my oracle so whenever i ask a question it has to be a yes no type question um so you know i go into a room like and I, i've got tables where i roll up um you know if i for a dungeon if i enter a new room i'll roll to see what's in there and what what could be in there could be um includes not only monsters and treasure and, and traps and stuff but also um uh what's the word i'm looking for um you know what, what the room looks like what's in it like a pillars or right you know, uh, structures and all that sort of stuff so um i roll that up and so you know a room could be have uh you know i think i did this the other day i rolled up a room that had uh roots coming through and and mud and so i i instantly in my head i just in one corner of the room i could just imagine and i think i had a statue in it so i made the statue instantly i just made the statue the god of nature but it was an older version and oh that's right no because i rolled the oracle i went oh, okay um, you know, is is this a, a cult? And it went, no. So I went, okay, well, it's an established religion. So I've got mud and roots coming into the, let's just make it a nature god. Gotcha. And so all I need is one little prompt and my, my brain will sort of figure it out, um, figure out the rest of it. And so when I, when I use, when I have used Mythic in the past, it kind of does those, I don't know, these line prompts, like, you know, the, 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 you know, the green mushroom or something, you know, and right. I'm like, that doesn't fit in with what I've rolled already. Like it, it just doesn't. And then, and then it just, yeah, I don't know. I, I just find it, it contradicts what my head's saying. And so usually with the Oracle, I'll go, if it says say no, and the first thing that pops into my head, I'll do. So, you know, if, if for example, that like when I rolled, uh, you know, is this statue of, you know, for a cult, and it said, I think it was no and, um, and so and and so the first thing was okay, established religion. So no, no, it's not a cult, and it, it's an established religion. So that was the opposite of like a cult. And then and then, because the dungeon was quite old, I kind of made it the statue uh, an, an older visage of of the of the nature god, uh, which was a female instead of a male that they use now um and then and then that kind of um 
and then then I just go from there. Like I, I I tend to use my imagination a lot more than I think most. I don't know. Like it'd be interesting to watch other people play. I probably should watch more solo online play just to see how other people do it. But I but I just tend to use my own head, and it just sort of seems to all fall into place rather than than a lot of like I get my prompts from I guess the environment around me rather than just trying to force something from from a mythic role into if that makes I don't know if I'm no that makes any... makes complete sense when I when I was speaking with with John about how he does tale the metacor um that was kind of how he was describing it too where the momentum of the story itself yeah it just continues to fill yeah. itself in as it goes yeah um yeah and, and yeah I, I think I on one of the sorry I just just on that because because John and I, I think on one of the podcasts that I have with John we do discuss that around and and for us both of us as soon as you start it it the story literally just runs itself like it evolves really quickly um and that's why i don't like one-offs i like campaign play because with the one-off you, you kind of get to the point where okay this is now established and then you just stop right and then and then you like and then you start another one and it's like no wonder people find that kind of hard to do because the the first part is the hardest and then then you know once it gets going it it does it writes itself yeah i like i mentioned mythic i first looked at mythic ages and ages ago and i bounced completely off of it i looked at it and went no that's that's not for me um because it's it there I, I think it was, i think what threw me off of it was the bookkeeping it had it wasn't so much the prompts the prompts i actually found were pretty useful but the the things like writing down the lists and stuff like that for it just it, it didn't flow with the way that I wanted to keep track of things. And it, so I just bounced off of it. The I've been reading over the last couple of evenings, um, the, the second edition book of it. And that one's done a lot nicer. I may, I may give that one a try, but, but much like yourself, I agree that there, you can, you can do this without any of these tools at all in a very simple, simple Oracle just to help you make, make some decisions yep. and, and go from there. I think one of the, one of the themes for my zines, just sort of connecting those two is simple is best. <laughs> and I, I I tend to follow that anytime during a role play. Like if, for example, I think like there's a um, there's a good example in in the AD and D where you have armor versus weapon table, right? Um, and you know you you get bonuses depending on the weapon versus. And I sort of condense condense that into like a three line table. Um, and so I I, I kind of like. The ideas of all these these old older mechanics but then i i always look at them and go wait that's way too complicated and i always try and find ways to simplify that um and that's kind of the, the one of the overlying themes overriding themes of my of my zine is is just keeping the rules simple um enough to be able to use at the table and not just forget about them or not not have to look up stuff um and, and I think that's I just take that into anything I do with as far as role playing goes, and that's the same with solo. It's just a simple D six oracle, and just use your imagination, you know. And, and maybe you know, and obviously tables for for various prompts. But yeah, there is there will there be um, or have have you done maybe because maybe I've missed it. But would would you do like an entire? how you're saying you're doing little mini series currently on like trains and what have you would you do mini series on your solo play and and highlight well, I've, done a, I've done an issue on solo but i was thinking i was sorry where, where i was going with that was the the concept you had of 
maybe one one episode is here's this here's this character from OSE, then the next issue here's one from all set in the same same way. Um, maybe a maybe a family thing where you know the great great grandfather was in. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean, like through the through the ages. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, I don't know. I don't know if my my solo play is that interesting that I would put it in the zine. <laughs> I, I, and that's why I kind of haven't done like a few couple of people have asked me, oh, can you can you do like a solo play, like just so we can see how you do it? And I think it was would be the most boring thing to watch in the world. Like, then again, I I hate watching live plays. Like, I hate watching other people I, play the game. I'm kind of in the I, same boat. I don't watch. I, I cannot really like. I get it why people like it, but I just cannot do it. I would much rather just go on solo play, <laughs> like you know, like just do my own thing uh, rather than watch another group do it. And to be honest, it, for me, it always comes off as really quite not only boring but just really kind of cheesy. Like, I, <laughs> what like back when I used to play D and D, and you know, people who probably new to this hobby now because it's trendy and it's cool to do don't realize how much of a basement game it was <laughs> and i remember going out with girls like girlfriends that you know for years on end and not telling them for the first six months until they were completely committed that i played DD because it was you know something that you just that only geeks and nerds and weirdos did and and i i remember their reaction when they whenever they first saw us play at around a table and they'd be like shaking their head going what are you guys doing? Like they just, and and that's kind of the same reaction I feel when I watch people play online. Like I just go, "What are you guys? What are you nerds doing?" Like even though I do the, exactly the same thing, but I'm not watching myself do it. Yeah, know? exactly. Like it, it, you it, you almost need to weird. you almost need to record yourself doing it and then hand it to somebody else to edit and then just never look at it yourself. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Like I, I just, I, I do because with I did the solo issue as a kind of a way to try to impart some of that knowledge that i that i have then and the way that i do it so if anyone's interested they can look up i think it's issue 12 um which is a complete solo one around how to get started and how to do campaigns so there's a lot of information around how to get started and how to do solo play but i find none of it talks about the campaign stuff um and so i think there's a lot of people just doing these one-offs going oh we really don't understand what i'm doing and and you know nothing's gelling, and it's. I think that's because you're not, you know, a normal D and D game isn't a one-off. Like most, you know, start off as campaigns. They probably don't get finished, but they start off that way. And I think with solo, it's you should be doing the same thing. It should be exactly the same. Like have a party of characters. So don't. But like a lot of again, a lot of them going with like one character because it's solo. You know, they, right. they, they think oh, it's one character, and then they die, and then they go oh, that was pretty disappointing. I was like, don't go in with one guy. <laughs> like, would you know? Would you do this normally in a group of you know, like you know, they say never go off on your own. Yeah, like, don't split the party. Like, yeah, don't yeah, don't split the party. Well, then don't like create like four or five characters and go in with a whole party. Like you're going to be way more successful and live a lot longer than that that way than you are. You know, and and again, you can like level up quick. You can level up slow. Like you're the only one you have to please. Like it, it seems like people still want to please other people when they're solo role playing, and it's like you just please yourself. Like you can eat all the snacks yourself. <laughs> you, know, you, you can play whenever you want. Tell me that I'm trying to lose weight, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. Um, 
but you know what I mean? Like it's like going to the cinema yourself. You, you get to choose where you want to sit. You get to eat all the stuff, you, you know, and I love going to the cinema by myself for the exact same reason. I, I can just do it my way. Like I can sit where I want. No one's going to talk to me at an inappropriate moment. You know, I, I get to choose what I want to eat and what to watch, you know, and it's the same with solo. Like that's, that's what I love about it is, is I get to do it. I, I get to form this whole world and game and stuff myself. Um, and that's the same feeling I, I take into the zine is, is, is that I, I'm doing this, you know, for myself because that's where the passion is. And I don't think it would be as good if I did, if I did it for someone else or, or trying to be something else. Like that's why I didn't go the 5e route because I just don't like 5e. And the zine, if I did a 5e zine, it would just be very mediocre because it, it's I'm just, passionate about it. you know, that's where the money is, but that's not where my passion is. You know, right. so where should people go if they want to find um, the zine or or reach you or anything along those lines? Where where's the best place for them to to go for? Uh, so I'm, I'm most active on Twitter. Um, so I believe my Twitter handle is <laughs> uh, it's just uh, yum dm. I believe it is because uh, sometimes I use yum underscore dm because I couldn't get yum dm, um, but I'm pretty sure it's just yum dm. Uh, and then uh, my website's the main place to get the zine, so just yumdm.com. Um, and then and my blog posts and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter and I'm also on Mastodon. Mastodon, yep. Uh, Mastodon is, I've, I kind of I didn't know what to do with that because <laughs> I didn't know if Twitter was going to implode or what. Um, but it seems to be okay, except it's not working at the moment. Um, and then so Mastodon, I've, I've sort of used as a behind the scenes kind of thing. So if you're interested in what I like, uh, in and out of role playing, uh, a bit of both, um, then I'm um, find me on there again. I'm just yum, yum DM. Um, so yeah, so, um, and I'm on Instagram as well, but if you want to get the issues, all the issues are free, um, go to a website, download them, have fun, read, print, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I got two final questions for you. Okay. I'll let you go for the to carry on with your day. Question number one is why yum DM? Where does that oh, okay. self come from? <laughs> so this, because because I can I can twist that in ways that's probably not PG friendly, but I'll let you, you go. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it started as because I'm like I said I, before, I'm a marketing person, right? And so. DM starts did stand for digital marketing, and I and I wanted to create a brand with my digital marketing business at the time that um that would stand out. And so I was just playing around with stuff like the bright yellow and the black and Yum DM was really like it was available and it was like just succinct and it was um be short and memorable and dumb. And then I went, Nah, that's stupid. I'm not, I'm not going to do that for my for my digital marketing. That's just dumb. Anyway, so when I started this whole uh, role playing stuff online, like obviously been playing for a while, but I sort of wanted a brand. I, I just sort of saw the the thing that I made up with the with the yellow and the black circle, and um, I went DM DM for Stanford Dungeon Master. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so lazy and I just wanted to get something up and I thought I'll just change it later. Like I'll just get it up. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll change it later. 
And um, I think I started the Twitter thing first and the website came later. And then <laughs> and it just stuck and that, that's, that's the story. So there's, there's no, like, it was just a, a cast off of another idea. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it fits to the way the whole conversation's gone so far as that it's take the path of least resistance so you can get the thing done. Don't get hung up. Yeah, on pretty much. Mind. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, yeah, if, you, if you, really... you, you could have easily just turned around and spent weeks trying to come up with the perfect name, then get frustrated because you couldn't find yeah. one, but you just took yeah. what was there and, and ran with it, yeah. which is, which is awesome. Yeah. All right. My, my last question is the one I end the podcast on for, for everybody that I do an interview with. Right. And that is what have I not asked you that I should have? So when I asked you to come on for, for an interview to sit down and talk with me, I'm sure you had, if you're anything like me, you probably ran through a mock conversation of what I may have brought up or something that you wanted to talk about. What didn't I bring up that you would have liked to talk about? Um, to close off the show. I, I actually think you covered it. Uh, uh, it was really good that we talked about the solo stuff because I didn't expect that. Um, uh, I'm just trying to trying to think in my head what what uh, what or or if you can't come up with something, what is something about you that people don't know about that they maybe should? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think we we, we covered it all. Like I, I've been role playing for like thirty plus years and i love it and uh it, it actually I'll, I'll, I'll end on this because i do find this funny because i'm i meant to bring it up before when we were talking about the same arguments we see online like and mm -hmm. you were saying how like back in the day when you read the forum from dragon magazine it, it's the it, it's this all the letters from you know editor or whatever it, it's the same arguments you see I'm, I'm reading a book called the elusive shift and if you're a DD fan I highly recommend it, um, and it and it's about the birth of um, D and D, and it talks about the different groups um, is that, that the started D and D. Is that is that Ben uh, or John John Peterson? Oh, John, sorry, yes, I get the two of them yeah. mixed up because they they both have that same historical D and D. Yeah, one and... one one was earlier than the other, I think, but yeah, yeah sorry, okay. Yeah. I think he, I think he's got an earlier book which I haven't read, but this one is called The Elusive Shift, and it, it talks about about the different rules that people came up with, and because you know there was no internet, and so you know some guy in LA that so they have the LA group, and then they'd have like where you know uh, was it Wisconsin or something where Gagax was, yeah, um, and then they have his group, and then they'd have another group in New York, and they'd all have their own individual rules, but they'd have these zines, like you said, the early zines, and they'd all write in. And they go, no, no, GMs aren't supposed to be like that. They're supposed to be this way. <laughs> and, and like the exact same arguments. Like I'm just reading that book, you go, oh, my God, this is like the internet in 2023. Like seriously, exactly the same arguments that they had back then throughout Dragon Magazine, you know, on on forums in the early days of the internet if you're that old, and now on social media, exactly the same. Like it is unbelievable. And so now every time I see someone arguing about how a DM should be, whether they should be, you know, um, the, the the judge or they should be, you know, more of a, you know, uh, a player or whatever. <laughs> I, just, I just laugh. I just think, my God, this is like the same argument they had in 1975 when the, you know, when, when the game was first. So I'll leave, I'll leave the listeners with that. So don't get involved in those arguments because anything you say has already been said throughout the ages probably about 20 times so it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a, that's a great board to leave everything off yeah just 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 play how you want that's it 
<laughs> All right, Russ, thank you very so much for coming on the show and chatting with me. No, uh, no, thank you so I, much for having me. I, I love doing these these little interviews. And and I hope everybody can go in and and go through the back catalog of, of the of the issues and yeah just keep an eye out for for all the new ones that are coming out and if you can if you can jump into the Patreon and see if you can get yourself a, a print copy of them so so yeah again thanks for coming on and I'm going to throw this to future me to do any editing that we need to do thanks. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Red Caps podcast. I hope you enjoyed, you learned something, and that you were eager to come back for more. www.theredcaps.net has all the links to all the ways to contact me, and I would love to hear from you. Thank you ever so much for listening. And remember, never let your caps dry out. Stay safe, have fun. We'll talk again soon.